Real quick before we get started today, I just need to ask, do you want to be a hero? You know you do. And luckily it's really easy. The dancers I invite on this show every week are some of my personal heroes, and so I'm asking you to help me help them by showing your support during this period of economic hardship that has rocked our community. In the description of every episode, you'll find a link where you can make real, personal connections with these artists by sharing a donation to help them get by. No gift is too big or too small, and by giving what you can, you're ensuring that the next generation of dancers continues to benefit from the knowledge that these artists share every week. If you'd also like to help support the show in general, well, that's also pretty simple. Tell your friends about us, favorite or subscribe to us on Anchor and Spotify, and if you really want to go above and beyond, visit our brand new Patreon page at patreon.com slash drinkingandance to become part of the team. When you do, you can receive early access to episode releases, bonus episodes, and personal shoutouts where we toast your name on the show. Most importantly, though, just keep listening and sharing your love with us, because you folks make all the difference. Hey everyone, this episode has a content warning for a brief discussion on sexual harassment, misconduct, and assault within the dance community. It's nothing explicit, it lasts about five and a half minutes and begins about 45 minutes into the show. If this is something that you've experienced or are struggling with, know that we at Drinking and Dance support you in your journey and in the episode description, you'll find resources to assist you in accessing support and advocacy, should you need it. With that said, on with the show. Your whatness is what we share with you, our togetherness. Your thisness is your separate essence, your distinctness. I love you for your whatness, for the me in you and the you in us. I love you for your thisness, your eternal soul, deathless and endless. Command Kajori. We all, each of us, are born with a distinct aspect of the eternal. That divine spark, a unique piece of a larger whole, is what makes us who we are. As we grow, however, Something begins to convince us that we need more than this spark to be happy. And so we begin to search, to grasp, and to gather. We try to accumulate whatever we can to satisfy that nameless something, hoping that eventually we will become enough. It seems to me that if we're to truly be content, we must look at ourselves as a sculptor looks at an uncarved stone. Not in terms of what she can add to it, but what can she take away to reveal the beauty waiting inside? If you were to strip away everything in your life and yourself that didn't matter, what would remain would be your essence. What is it that lies in your essence? And are you ready to accept what you find there? As you hold this question in your mind, let me invite you to sit back, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. I'm Rob Celtic, and this is Drinking and Dance at the End of the World. to drinking and dance at the end of the world my next guest is a powerhouse dancer known throughout the world representing such crews as the chapter flow rock b-boyism dance company ladies of hip-hop nefer global movement ladies adios and dff she is of haitian descent born and raised in montreal lived in ottawa and miami and has been thriving in new york city for the last 11 years 
one of the dopest house and whacking dancers you'll ever meet. An old Canadian legend states that she gained her abilities in whacking by meeting the devil at a crossroads at midnight and pimp slapping him right in the mouth. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome the one and only Nubian Nene. Nene, hey. welcome to the show. Thank you. What a dope <laughs> intro. Thank you. Look uh, at you. Thank you. This is, uh, this is why they pay me the big bucks. Right. <laughs> we have like a. Well, thank a, you. Yeah, no, thank you for agreeing to come on to this very tiny show. We appreciate having you. I will. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Ah, the pleasure is mine. What are you drinking today? So today I've, um, well, we've had this conversation about what we were going to be drinking, right? And mm -hmm. I really wanted to drink what you're su uh, supposed to be drinking right now, which is <laughs> a Montreal Canadian beer. And, uh, but I didn't have a time to make it to Trader Joe's where I know they sell it. Mm -hmm. And yep. so um, I opted for a Two-Hearted Ale, an American IPA. Uh. And it is. Uh, from Michigan, so Solid. it is uh, somewhat lo local, but yeah, that's what it is. I got you. And I, on the other hand, um, I am drinking my favorite beer in the world. It is Fin du Monde, which for those who don't speak French, it means end of the world. So it's actually pretty appropriate for this podcast. It is. And, and it's it is. pretty appropriate for <laughs> me being blind. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And it, the the brewery that it's from, uh, I you had to t you had to teach me how to pronounce this last because I just want to call it Unibrow. Yeah, it's a uh, Uni. Uni Bro. Uni Bro. Okay. Uni Bro. Uni Bro. Yeah, well, if... think of brewing actually brewing, but just uh -huh. Bro. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anyone uh, at that company bro. is if if anyone at that brewery is listening. Please sponsor us. We love you. <laughs> yes, like uh, that. Well, uh, um, any brew actually means um, uh, one brew, like just a single brew. Oh, that's what brew means. Yeah. Okay. If you translate, yeah. Man, I love learning new stuff. So, um, in the spirit of that, uh, let's raise our glasses and to y'all at home as well. Sante. Sante. Cheers. Cheers. So how are things out there? You're in New York, yeah? Yes, I am. I'm in Brooklyn. Damn. Right now. So you are ground zero right now for the pandemic. Yeah. Ground zero for other subjects also, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the choice of words. It's, 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 it's interesting, so it's good. Uh, yeah, I am in the epicenter of this whole thing in the United States, mm -hmm. and and, um, but I'm being pretty safe. I've been, you know, inside most of the time. Mm -hmm. Only been out for the necessities, such as um, the groceries. But and that's it. Solid. Well, I'm glad you're staying safe. Please continue to do so. Thank you. What about you? How's it in your on your um, in your area? <laughs> well, I mean, what's going on? I'm in Denver, um, and yeah. I have been. I'm actually an essential, a considered an essential worker. I'm uh, doing the electrical trade at the moment um, to pay the bills. So I'm actually, as opposed to many people, I'm working overtime. Oh, wow. So my days are spent either working on this or busting ass in a, a warehouse, putting up lights. So. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, well, thank you for doing what you're doing and be safe oh thank you well you don't need to thank me for doing what i'm doing all i'm doing is you know building a warehouse for amazon so bezos can get richer oh <laughs> okay yeah then then i get it all mm. right well still you know be safe and thank stay you. healthy thank you i appreciate that now um Usually, uh, I like to spend a lot of time flushing out the origin story of my guests, but you have talked about that extensively on the Good Foot podcast, and I'm a huge fan of what they do over there, so if it's okay with you, I was thinking I'd include a link to that interview so folks can get the full story, and you don't have to repeat sure. yourself. Sure. I mean, that said, if you'd rather like go deep in the story, it's your call, this is your time, but otherwise, I was thinking we could do a quick recap. As you wish, whatever you feel like. 
Whatever your flow is. All right. So if I remember correctly, um, you being born in a Haitian household, like you came up learning uh, folkloric dance originally, and then like, you know, you got into dance as a kid with the ballet. Was that correct? Yeah. Yes. Ballet. Yeah. Jazz and classical. Solid. And then um, you dropped that for a little bit and then got into it in high school for a talent show and then really got serious in junior college. Yeah. Solid. And then from there, I moved to New York and started kicking all kinds of ass. Uh, that's a big fast forward, but yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> solid. Well, um, yeah, I guess because the, the you know, we're going to put a link to the, the other story. Um, we can get really into the weeds if that's cool with you. Yeah, of course. All right, cool. So um, first question, growing up in a Haitian household, while being first-generation Canadian, did you ever feel at odds with being at the crossroads between multiple cultures? Oh, yeah, totally, completely. Um, just for the simple fact that I was raised, born in, I was, I was raised uh, in an area called, you know, the South Shore. And that mm -hmm. area was predominantly uh, Caucasian people who lived in where I grew up. So... I uh, had, you know, the experience of prior to even going to a school or even meeting hip hop or having hip hop really being very present in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just st still been like a questioning of the Haitian values, because, you know, if you know Haitian people, Haitian people have very strong principles and values and. And like like any Haitian will tell you, it's like there's the principles and there's no there's not much way around them, you know? Yeah. Uh, as a kid or I grown up, it's like, you know, if when your parents say something, they say something and that's it. That's the end of it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you live in that, that, you know, this is what I have at home, but then in the world outside of my house, it's not as strict or the approach is different or, you know, like the, the way even of like uh, just the, the simple fact that I, I grew up living with racism, you know what I mean? And very violent racism or aggressive racism, you know? Yeah. So uh, perhaps not the same type of racism that has been happening in New York City or in uh, Denver, Colorado or California, but still nonetheless, you know, a form of racism. Well, that, and, and so, I'm, glad, yeah, so, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because progressives here in the States seem to have this weird idea of Canada as this liberal oasis of tolerance where racism doesn't exist. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's not true at all. Yeah, I mean, any, any black Canadian person I've ever met in my life is like, yeah, don't listen to that shit. But everybody's got their own story. Yeah. And to be honest, it's uh, I think most of the time also when we think of racism, we think of racism being black and white. Mm -hmm. We don't think of anything else other than, you know, this. But Canada has an extensive history of the way they've treated and still treating their Native Americans. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's still in every city of this country, there's going to be any type of racism against any type of you know, uh, ethnicities and cultural backgrounds. So, yeah, it's just, it's a place of also, like like you said, if people are a little bit more passive, people are nice, but sometimes they'll be seen in the system or sometimes they'll be just seen as uh, the peers that you are, the, the humans that share the space with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even in America, like, it's all different flavors of racism, but like, I mostly associate with liberal people, obviously. And I have, I have some conservatives in my circle as well. And like conservative flavor of racism is much more obvious, but like the liberal flavor is still there. And because, mm -hmm. because they mean well, they have this whole idea that like, oh, my intentions are good, so I'm straight and I don't have to actually like do the work. And in so doing, right. they, they perpetuate all sorts of nasty shit. Right, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. uh, is that more the Canadian flavor? Yeah, I think it would be a little bit more of that sense. And I think there's also some parts that you'll find also a little bit more of the conservative conservative aspect, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's I think, uh, you know, in some places you, you might definitely 
feel it feel it as less very very much less but other places it's very systematic it's very you know for instance i'll say in quebec the, there's a big time misrepresentation of um the population in quebec the state the the province you know mm. and where uh in montreal where it's like the multi-diverse city and um you know when you look at different ads or what's been what's been uh, advertised on TV, or uh, you know stuff like that. It's like okay, you know, there's a misrepresentation of who who represents that. But then mm. at the same time, it's a city that's very ta- with a lot of talented people of all kinds of backgrounds that created all kinds of different things on like on international skills, you know. Yeah. So. So yeah, so there's you know there's things that are ahead and there's other things that are still remedial. They're still kind of like really this is, you know, yes. There's big history in, in Montreal of like, you know, uh, white French Canadian Caucasian uh, being you know very racist against uh, Arabs. You know what mm. I mean? So there's there's all kinds of stuff everywhere. So this is all the, the time. this is the. Uh the ground where you you came up from so how did all of these experiences of this kind of racism and the, these kind of conditions with this, these cultural clashes how do you feel like that shaped the person that you are um well i mean you know it's uh, it's an experience to to never really have to, to grow up to be a kid kids you know i don't think should be thinking Uh, worrying about pleasing, you know, or uh, pleasing to, 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 to make sure that, you know, you're accepted. You know what I mean? I think a mm. kid is the beauty of being a kid is to be free of being, you know, of you want to laugh for like 30 minutes, you're going to laugh for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You're going to want to, you're going to open you, you're going to want to open the door like from like a cabinet because it makes that noise that makes you laugh and you're going to do it for a hundred times. It just, it doesn't matter. And yeah. so um, once you, when you, once you start being hit with life reality, such as being called names and not understanding the names, but, but really feeling the anger and, and the, um, um, Poison. The, the the poison in the way that this this human would call you some names and just like make you feel this type of way and then having to have a conversation with your mom and asking her what does that mean and then having her seeing her explain mm. to you that the names that they're calling you it's you have to understand that you have to block that as a negative and you have to understand like you know my mom is she's dope like that she never was like the type of mom who was using like small words to explain big things you know what i mean she would explain the big thing just very thoroughly you know yeah um and so so that shaped me that shaped me to be able to listen and hear the truth the truth and not having to kind of like always rediscover the truth as i get older because i was too young to really understand type of thing you know what i mean and she would have she would have had that practice uh explaining that to your older brother yeah Yeah, uh, we've we both had different experiences, I, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm assuming. But she would also, whenever she would do it with my brother, she would do it with me. You know, it was necessarily a separate conversation, even though my brother's, my older brother is six years older than me. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, and then so for me, uh, high school was really. I mean, I was lucky enough to go to elementary school that was multicultural. Uh, elementary school and then when I got to high school I also had a group of friends that were multicultural so mm. you know for me per se I've always had the experience of being well surrounded but the, my when I would go home to my house you know it was me and then it was just like another Haitian family that was a couple of houses away and then that was it you know uh-huh. um, and um, and um And then when I once I got to college or junior college, however you want to say it, because it's a different system back home, but um, I was really like mind blown by like the diversity of my city. You know what I mean? How like how many of different things, different countries were represented, 
And, and then so that also shaped it. That made me now go to parties that necessarily I didn't even know existed or I didn't have friends to know where to go. Do you know what I mean? I started mm-hmm. being involved with the Caribbean Anglophone or English speaking um, uh, uh, Montrealers where they'd be going to like soca parties, reggae parties, dance hall parties, going to like FET, going to Carnival, traveling mm. to Toronto. I go to like the carnivals every summer, uh, travel, like, you know, drive hours to go to parties that were like maybe like a little hour away or some whatever. Um, that must have felt so that must have felt so liberating for you. Yeah, I mean, you know what it was? It was uh, liberating indeed. But it was also just kind of like, like. I just was happy that I was able to walk through that, that door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess liberation would be the, the best word. So, so, so yeah. So I guess I, 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 I've always been interested in, since I was a kid, you know, I've been dancing, dancing probably, like I said, in the Good Foot podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mom's belly, you know? So, so I've always been interested in figuring out what it is, what's happening. I like going to the clubs. I've clubbed many times for many times and I've traveled. I've traveled a lot, like even prior to like doing this dance thing, like the way I'm doing this dance thing, you know, like mm-hmm. I would go, I've, I've gone to like a uh, school trip just to be able to go and, and go to these different clubs and, and find ways to discover, like, discover stuff. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So yeah, well, so I'm 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 like that. So that how that's how like for me when I came to New York, going to the clubs was not even like a a new thing. It was just like yes, finally that's what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. That's your in a way home again. Oh, it is definitely. So speaking of club life and club culture, um, who is Essence and how does she differ from Nene? Uh, interesting. <laughs> mm. Who is Essence? Essence, Essence, Essence is the essence of the essence of Essence. <laughs> oh, you're nailing this. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, Essence is my whacking persona, mm-hmm. and uh, I, must, I must explain the origin of this oh, uh, please name do. anyway. Please do. So, um, we are in 2020. I have to go back all the way to the beginning, so I think it, may, it might have been 2005 or something. Anyway, um, ended up going to, you know, I started whacking like probably in, around that time. And mm-hmm. um, it was the ladies of the cruise. It, it was uh, Black Cat and then Princess Shayla. And then we we're like 11 more people. But out of the group, uh, we were, we would be talking on the group on Facebook years ago. And we're trying to figure out some of our names, you know, mm. Um and uh, uh, Princess Shayla, she, she's the one who found the name for me. She, I remember she gave the name to Ebony, if we know Ebony from Montreal. She's a whacker. Okay. And um, she, that's, Princess Shayla gave her her name. And then Princess Shayla also gave me my name. She was like, you, you, you should really be Essence. Hmm. And then, <laughs> when she said that, I was like, yeah, that sounds good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. But, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. But uh, to be honest, um, I loved it. And I, I thought it was me. It was for me. But I still needed to figure out who, what my essence was. Mm. And wasn't necessarily saying that it was necessarily related to the fact that now I was giving the name essence. You know, this had been a question that I've been... Um, I've been having, you know, I think as artists, we often go through these phases of who we are, what we have done and where we want to go type of thing. And, you know, just kind of get deep into the, those, those 
fake questions, maybe, perhaps? Every damn day of my autistic life. <laughs> See? <laughs> we, we, there's no escape. There's no, there's no escape in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, okay. This beer is good. This beer is good. Yeah, so, clearly. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> are you sipping? I am. Okay, good. Yes, okay. So, um, so basically, uh, I still had to come, you know, for me, whacking has been a very transform- transformative uh, process. You know, I, uh, I had really a uh, hard time uh, opening up. I had a really hard time being able to be vulnerable to others uh, as a kid and mm. being able to just like, like open, you know, and I guess it goes with, you know, whatever my, my childhood and family history and whatever has happened in my life. Oh yeah. And, and, and so, you know, as a kid, the idea of freestyling was really scary, you know, or the idea of like just expressing myself like that was just, I didn't get it. Yeah. And uh, to see that I'm who I am today is like, you know, sometimes I kind of like just sit there and think about, wow, like look at the change, you know, or the evolution, you know? And yeah. Um, and not a lot of people know this about me, you know. This is why I love my hometown so much because I have the people who've seen me from the beginning, from 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 the beginning when there was nothing really, you know. And oh yeah. So so it when finally like I, I was come I was you know good in certain some dances I was doing I was breaking already I'd been breaking for quite some time now at that time and then. Uh, I started doing house also briefly and uh, and then whacking came and I remember my first sessions with black Cat. just I wanted to do privates with her and it was just uh, she just wanted me to get open and just be able to get you know and so I, I practiced yeah. getting open to a point of like finding that essence of what it meant for me to be open you know and once I was able to tap into that and understand it, then the essence made sense. And then whatever you see is the essence. So, mm. um, how different? How different it. is it to Nene? It's not different. It's not. I am the same person. It's just, if you want to say, I don't want to say an alter ego, maybe an ego, or maybe just uh, a different facet. Another, you know? another, another side of that exactly. coin. And coin has technically maybe let's say three sides, you know, uh, okay. base, yeah, uh, um, down and then around. <laughs> yeah, two faces in the exactly. uh, border. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I uh, I can definitely vibe with the challenge of wanting to open up needing to open up and not being able to so it it must have been a very long and hard and rewarding process for yeah. you to grow into yeah, that yeah and still is you know oh yeah still is we never arrive we never arrive exactly so as an artist um you said before that one of the most important things that you've been a part of is your teaching and your ability to teach and help others go on that journey that you've been talking about. So how did you develop your teaching style and what makes it distinctive to you? Mm. Uh, first, I think it's um, uh, my teaching style is uh, ever de- develop, uh, uh, developing in a sense of, um, um, if, if I was, uh, someone who was staying put somewhere in New York, at least for a year, not leaving, then my teaching style would have completely been different than it is how it is now, because I'm constantly traveling. Um, therefore I'm not always able to, you know, have regular classes and kind of have a momentum going with that. If you know what I mean? 
I totally and do. So um, it has changed, and I think my teaching style is often uh, related to how I'm living life at the time. First. And second, it's also related to perhaps two things. One thing is something that I want to work on for myself. You know, I'm just like, hey, you know what? I haven't been working uh, so much on isolations, let's just say, you know. And so I'll, mm. I'll bring it into my teaching styles that I teach in house or that I'll teach in uh, whacking. I'll, I'll just think of like, how can I come up with like exercises of isolations and the up with are usually my training that I do on my own, you know, and often yeah. that training, um, often it those that training uh, comes to mind when I go to a club. Mm. So basically, How so, so <laughs> why do I hear the excitement in this question? <laughs> I don't know. I'm an excited person. Um, All of us. I'm actually. I'm. I'm honestly just thrilled to be. Uh, to be in the position where I'm talking to not only you but all these dope dancers that are for some reason agreeing to come onto this show. Um, it's it's such a kick for me because I'm. I can also put myself in the position of somebody who's in the community and hearing all these interviews later, and like actually gleaning something from it, and that makes me really hyped. Oh, nice. Yes, good. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, damn, if you're not excited by what you're doing, then why are you doing it? Exactly. True. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, how so? So, um, well, now it's, it's different because, you know, we're in confinement. Uh, but the process is the same. Um, for me, when I go to the club, I, I really, really have a love affair with music. So, uh, I just, when I go, I go there, I go for the music, you know, I don't go for the people per se. I just go for the music. I go for the atmosphere. I go for the vibes, but I'm really, the moment is for me is with the music and often I'll just let loose and just, I mean, often this is what I do. I just let loose in my corner or in the cipher, or mm. with a friend, or whatever is the situation. But often I'm triggered, or an idea comes into mind of like something that um, I've noticed that I like that I do, or that I haven't per se uh, uh, delve into that movement pattern in a minute. And uh, it reminded mm. me of like, oh, yeah, this, this is cool. And this could be actually developed in so many ways. This is how my brain works. This is how it goes. It's like I'm dancing. I'm still moving around, whatever. And then like my brain is like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do an exercise where, oh, yeah, I'm going to train that later. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Sure. Oh, well, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I could try it now. Let me try it now. Let me try it now. And then I try a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. All right, cool. I'm going to do it later. And then. I do it later, and then I kind of remember it to, for class. That sounds fun as hell. Yeah. Or then sometimes I just like uh, being in New York. If I go to teach at uh, the studio, I'll probably I'll ride my bike in the summer or whenever it's warm enough. And mm -hmm. then uh, on my way to the studio, I'll put some music, and I'll be thinking of things that – I either want to work or I know if I'm teaching a beginner's class, for instance, you know, then it's a little bit more um, of a guideline because, you know, beginners, they need a little bit more attention. There needs to be a little bit more detail oriented on some like basic and foundation stuff, you know. So I'm pretty sure you experienced yeah. having students in your class that have never really taken a dance class before. So it's like. I right, cool, like you know, just like. <laughs> so you have to. You have I to feel be able so sorry. To you have to be able to give them some type of, you know, something, you know? I mean, that is the trick. And I feel so um, sorry for people who jump into my class. And my class is the first class that they ever taken with dance because <laughs> Chicago footwork is. Yeah. I mean, Chicago footwork throws experienced dancers for a loop. So I, I always like applaud them in class. I'm like, all right, buckle up, buttercup. We're going to do what we can today. <laughs> buckle up, buttercup. I like that. <laughs> oh, I mean, feel free to take that and use it. That's yours. Thank you. <laughs> um, one thing 
if, if we can switch gears slightly, it's just very important to me um, to hear more about this is the Nefer Global Movement. Uh-huh. Because I saw that video you ladies put out um, a year or two ago, and I didn't realize at the time what it was. And then I, I started talking to uh, Tasha, and then I talked to Tatiana, and I've just been getting more and more information about this. And I love what you guys are doing, and I would like more people to hear about it. Nice. Yes, please. Uh, Nefer Global Movement. So what- yes, go ahead. No, just what can you tell us about it? So Nefer Global Movement, we are this uh, collective or this movement of ladies who've gathered together um, through that video that you've spoken about, which is the, the Black video uh, that was mm-hmm. shot and filmed in uh, Amsterdam of 2018. Uh, nice. Well, but beyond that, all of us ladies are connected. We were connected through uh, friendship, uh, connected through work. You know, some of us have worked together. Some of us had been at each other's house. Like, we just are friends, you know? And yeah. uh, women who are in the scene, women who have experience being in the community, women who do things for the community, people, uh, uh, women who are engaged and also um, present and um, pillars, you know, most of us are pillars in some ways. Um, And not to say this in a bragging way, you know, just simply recognizing the, the, um, the, um, what's the good word? The status, I guess, of all of us, you know. Uh, yeah, status it's a responsibility. Life. Yes, our responsibilities. There it is. Uh, and so we're th- we're here to really create uh, just bridge uh, connections and and um, push for things that are important in community and not only female based, but also just for. Uh, worldwide community and to elevate Mm. uh, women of all backgrounds around the world and not to say that this is limited to women at all it's you know we have a lot of affiliations with or just great relationships you know uh, with uh, everyone in the world it's it's not only based for uh, targeted for women in that sense but um, the idea is really to to connect with each other, you know, and to bridge generations and to, to build, to build uh, with each other, to be able to, uh, whatever it is that we've been able to um, suffer as, or experience, I should say, maybe not suffer, but experience as women in the community. If I'm able to help mm. another woman in the community or another man, but, you know, more so the women, because we're, we're more, um, um, prone to to be caught in certain situations, you know, that might have yeah. uh, prevented if maybe one of us had, you know, uh, offered some advice or offered some uh, conversation, uh, just like being able to speak with each other about the possible the possibilities that there there are for each one of us, and uh, you know. Uh, bring each other up and just being able to share with each other, you know, recognize. I do. And that's, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, recognize each other's talents and creativity and work and love and, you know. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely essential. And I mean, it's, it's good to say, yeah, it's, it's not just for women, but that's also in the same sense of like, Feminism, for example, right? People have this stigma when it comes to feminism, but it's, it's feminism is good for all of us. Mm. Like if women are raised, like that's a good thing for our entire society and men benefit from that. Mm. But we look at this at, at, as this sort of zero sum game where it's like, if we, um, I don't know, it, it looks, it, it just, I get the feeling that men are afraid of, of lo- at some sense of losing some sort of power um, that, that we 
don't rightfully have, you know, Yeah. but was taken. And I, from, from what the discussions I've had with some of your sisters in this movement, it sounds like y'all are getting um, some expected pushback on this whole thing. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, I think to be honest, uh, if we look at the, you know, the history, the, the world, the world, the way it's been for many, many centuries, it's, um, for me, honestly, women, we have the answers, you know, uh, we have the answers on a lot mm. of subjects and not to say that the men don't have the answers. It's just like this, uh, this, this intense masculine energy that needs to be enforced on all fronts is, 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 doesn't create balance. It's not balance, you know? Uh, in marriages, normally there's a balance, even if, you know, like, like the, ideally, ideally yeah. there's a balance, there's a balance of a woman and a man. And even if it's not necessarily a marriage of a woman and a man together living in the same house or romantic marriage, it's like the world, the mm. way that I feel like, you know, it's like we are able to balance each other out in the sense of the energies, you know, um, yes. for me, uh, you know, you look at stories in the Bible, you look at stories in all the biblical of any type of religion, the stories of women, it's always not necessarily the dominant stories. It's always either there's always going to be a prostitute, there's always going to be a virgin one, and there's always going to be the, the, the stories of the witches. There's always going to be the women who, like, you know, betrayed their kings or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But it's never the story of a man who betrayed his queen. It's never the story of, you know, like uh, a, 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 a virgin king who's, you know, a virgin man mm -hmm. who's, who's been able. The man has always, it's always been okay for the men to be sinful. And mm -hmm. it's always been uh, uh, impossible for a woman to be sinful. If she's sinful, she needs to be burned, you know? And, and also, I mean, let, just uh, the whole sinful uh, right. in and of itself is right. a huge judgment. Exactly. Like if, if, we're exactly. Living, if we're living biblically, if we're living biblically, I deserve to be burned at the stake like everyone else. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so and to I think, me, like, and that's, it's, it's, go on. In that sense, for me, like, like often, you know, we talk about femi feminism, about this subject of the subject of um, being women to be able to, to work and, and do this is the thing is, we've always been doing it. It's just that it's being able to be recognized, not recognized or hired. It's like, just like, the the understanding that we are the same we are humans we're not lesser or you're not more you know that's that's where for me it's a little bit of like the problem is the idea behind the 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 if a, if a, a part of society like when we talk of the males for instance have been mm -hmm. allowed to go to universities for years have been allowed to uh, uh, educate themselves or uh, use their brains in such a way that uh, accesses different ways of thinking and, and being able to, right? Whereas women have yeah. always, way before that, women were not allowed to go to university or uh, they were not allowed to, to read or, you know, things like that. So vote. To, to, and to vote and to, to be able to make these decisions. So then at the same time, it's like you're saying that, oh, yeah, the women are not there because they were not present in the classroom at the same time you were present in the classroom. But there's a whole lot of different things that the women has been practicing for many years and that requires logic that requires uh, uh, critical thinking, that requires fast responses and fast thinking, that requires problem solving, that mm. requires, you know, like so many different skills, but yet they're always seen as lesser, you know? And, and it's yeah. this, 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 this thing that's happening to everyone in the world is clearly seen also in our dance community, you know? Um, and so... Yeah. Speaking of which, like what what is something that you wish men in our dance community understood? Um, hmm. Hmm. Because, I mean, we have so many guys in this community that like will hear about a woman's only session, for example, 
and start bitching, even if they themselves understand oppression, have lived with systemic oppression their entire lives and understand the, the need and importance for their own space to, to foster that energy, when it comes to women, they'll still be offended. And it's, it's astounding. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, the thing that I, I would say it's impossible to achieve it's like in order for them to really get it is they, 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 they would need to be able to live what it feels like to be a woman in this day, day in, in time and do you know what I mean mm. in society? And when I say this day, it could have been yeah. 50 years, 100 years. It's the same time. You know, there's different. Of course, it's different in the sense of what I'm able to do today uh, opposed to what I wasn't I would have not been able to do I, what I'm doing now. Right. But. it's because you know i have a lot of uh amazing uh guy friends who understand a whole lot of things about uh oppression or or just like you know discrimination or just injustices and uh still like maybe might have a problem understanding like really a reality of what it feels like to be a woman in this society you know and, yeah. and so, it, and I say this in a lot of ways, you know, there's a lot of women, they've, they've had to go through rape or, or uh, molestations or incest or things that are very, very violent and aggressive and cannot be very comfortable around a male, you know, even if the male is a great positive impact on society or anything like that. It's just that she feels very uncomfortable. She only feels very comfortable around women. So if I yeah. were able to allow her to to open up again in, in terms of anyway, historical uh, tales of women coming together, the same as men. And I'm, I'm only speaking as a woman because I'm a woman, but I could say the same things for for male groups where, you know, you gather in, with your 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 women group or your men group and you're able to have these conversations you're able to help when a, a teenager uh, first has a period there's a women that come together and there's ceremonies that happen about for uh, for that reason you know about that subject there's uh you know yeah. like uh, when a woman is ready to get married there's a whole ceremony for her when the man is about to get married there's just a, whole, a whole ceremony for him you know and so th- these are important yeah. factors in terms of just how important it is to to be with each other you know and it yeah yeah and well that that example you give about uh, a woman who has been through sexual assaults or uh, incest or any any of those like horrible things that nobody should have to deal with and she can't you know she can't open up she can't um, fully express herself freely with a, a man around and like giving her the space to to feel comfortable to be able to open up like brings another needed voice into the yeah. world and like we are all without that feminine energy without that space for her to feel safe the world misses out on what are the gifts that she could be giving yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. It's even like, to be honest, like think about for me anyway, I live in New York city uh, and New York city is known for this where it's like, I mean, known for this. I don't want to say it's like what it's known for, but uh, every summer there's always a wave of new people coming through or every year there's always a new wave of people coming through. They want to come and learn. They want to just be in New York and whatever, whatnot. Right. And there's always uh, Mm -hmm. beautiful men and women coming through from different places of the world. I'm telling you, it's like, you know, like how some women might have to come to like, you know, open sessions. And uh, when, when like there's, men over he over at those sessions they're just waiting for new for new fresh faces to show up and be like "Ooh, who's that girl you know like you know let me talk to her like you know she's from predators, predators you know and 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 it's like it, it's it's for them it's like it's it, it might be you know harmless but it, it's not harmless you know uh it, it's like someone is leaving their hometown to be able to just focus on something and then you might want to disturb their their path just by your intentions of wanting to to you know like you know get some of that you know what i mean so it's like well i mean if we're talking not to interrupt but if we're talking about new york and we're talking about this specific subject, something that's very relevant to our time is Wolf, the situation with Wolf. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
like for those for those who for those who don't know um before the covid-19 outbreak we actually you know as a community we're having a discussion about one of uh, our own this dancer wolf who is a well-known and respected popper in new york it turned out like he was you know um I mean, he was sexually abusing and harassing all these women in the scene and, and making it a dangerous and unsafe place for them. And he, he got caught because he tried to pick up a 13 year old on Instagram. And the 13 year old had the thank God she felt safe enough to talk to her mom about this. And her mom had her mom had the conversation with Wolf on on uh, on Instagram and like just, you know, got him to lay out his entire game. And the, the entire community saw this. And at first there was pushback until the mom started like sending out receipts, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it forced us for for a brief moment to have this conversation. And then the COVID thing kind of took the the spotlight, which really sucks. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this it's very prevalent, like the 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 Lindy Hop scene has been for the last 10 years have been having these discussions because a lot of their heroes, it turns out, have been sexually assaulting and, and, and grooming women and doing all these terrible yeah. things but it was just brushed under the right. rug i heard uh, tasha had uh, spoken to me about some of that yeah, oh, yeah 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 and so you know what i mean so so when you hear these things it's like how can you not question the reasons why maybe women need to to have these these, these safe havens you know what i mean um and again, like, you know, I think the concern sometimes is more so the idea is like, oh, there's a separation when it's not a separation. It's simply an elevation. You know, it's a exactly. moment of elevation. It's not a separation. It's not we're not building an army against people. We're simply building like people's hearts and like with uh, not wisdom, um, ability to be able to just like be themselves. You know what I mean? And open up. And the more people that are allowed to do that, the more that that is encouraged and safe space is created for that talent to grow and, the, and, and those voices to be heard, the better it is for all of us, men, women, not, um, non-binary, uh, straight, queer, cisgendered, trans, etc. Like we need each other, especially now. Like I would hope that everyone being stuck in their houses and not being able to like party and go out and connect will give everyone a chance to kind of think about how much we need each other right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, but I mean I could I could talk all damn day about this. I know, right? <laughs> um and I only have a little bit of time left with you. So if if it's okay to switch gears just a no little problem. bit. No problem. All right, cool. Um so there's an event uh, this this next question is going to take a, a second for me to explain. So bear with me. There's an event in Denver that happens every year called Disciples of Funk. And in this event, OGs from a bunch of different styles um, come to Denver and get to like really break down their knowledge for the next generation. And they get to have like not only classes and battles, but also like a huge panel discussion. Um, And there's one teacher in particular, her name is Millicent Johnny. And she, uh, she comes through and she teaches Louisiana Noir And it's this style that like almost nobody teaches. And I feel really good, like experimenting and opening up to new styles. Whenever I'm learning from her, I get so frustrated and I feel white as hell (laughs) because there's just a movement about that, that she, that she captures that like, it's just, it's hard for me to, to figure out, you know? So I'll come up to her afterwards and I'll ask her for, you know, what she thought or how to improve. And she never says anything related to dance or music. Like one year she said to me, you need to, you need to spend some time around water. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisiana noir is like in, in New Orleans, like we're, we're by the bayous, you know, like we, we spend all our time around water, spend time around water, see what you learn. And then like one year she says, you need to, you need to travel to more countries and, and eat, eat cuisine that doesn't you know that that you're not used to blah 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 blah. Mm. You know? and i and, and i always love that that about her because like for her dance is a lifestyle so it's not just about like technical or technique or this or that but it's about experience so my question for you in this long ass roundabout way what is something that's not obvious like dance or music that people should experience if they want to understand you and the way you dance 
Uau! Uau, uau, uau! I know I'm dropping a lot on you in a very short amount of time, but take your time. I, you know, it's, there's no rush. This is your time. You know what? I think um, it's spending a day with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like a nene day. Um, and what does a nene day look so like? So that's the thing. A nene day can consist of a whole lot of different things depending on where I am in the world. And this is why that's the cool thing about it. I have so many different things that I like to do as a person that um, I feel that it can apply to a whole lot of different people. But ultimately, uh, walking will always probably be part of the equation. Uh, riding a bicycle mm -hmm. will probably be also part of the equation. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if any place is possible also, driving a car could be part of the equation. But, and it's always going to be an adventure. So there's always going to be probably multiple uh, stops into that adventure. And each of those stops are going to be um, different stories in this book uh, with different chapters and or different acts and they're all kinds of different but all relatable <laughs> yeah um i think really when you spend a day with me in one of those days the days that i could describe one day to you I, I, if i describe it one day to you the only reason i say this is before i describe that one day to you i'll describe something why you'll get something a bit more about my dance. Um, yes, please. Throughout the way I, when I get down, I'm, I go through different journeys. I go through a journey of this, which might be just like wanting to just open up to me, uh, to my ancestors, to, to my universe, to the universe, to the people around me. And then I might go through a section of just wanting to just, just kind of, you know, technically be correct and then technically be incorrect, if that makes any type of sense. Uh, explore the different levels that I can, can, I can discover from all the way down to the floor to as high as I can go up, you know, and sharing that with someone yeah. or not sharing that with someone. And just like taking my time or really going as quick as possible, uh, sitting down and just listening or just standing up and two-stepping. Um, hmm. So all these type of different things are ways that I will probably be comfortable to express myself in a dense format than I'll do in a day. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. Like, okay, I'll describe you this one day that happened to me a few years ago, and it's still very fresh in my memory just because this day was so powerful. Uh, it was a few years ago, uh, Spike Lee was having his block party. I think it was his first one that he was having, uh, the one that hey. did that thing when he, they celebrated the name calling of that street to do that, do that thing, do the right thing, right? Uh, do the, do the, do right, the right thing, thing way. That's the name of the street. And um, mm. and so anyway, so me and uh, a couple of my friends, we wanted to go and uh, ride our bikes and head over to the place and just like go to the, to the, to the block party. And my roommate at the time, she had, she had um, uh, asked two of her homegirls to come over for brunch. And to like whatever, and they ended up joining us, right? So we ended up all having brunch, chilling at the house, and then some of us had skateboards, some of us was walking, some of us were riding their bikes. We all ended up going to that um, block party, and at that block party, we met a couple more people that we knew, ended up dancing like our asses of Buddha Stretch was there with uh, Yuko. Uh, we we ran into we yeah. ran into so many good people because you know like Erica Badu was walking past us just like about to go on stage to be singing with DJ Spinner like just some crazy New York shit you know and like to us a couple <laughs> of my Philly friends they were down from Philly so they joined the party we ended up riding I ended up losing the key to my lock for my bike. 
and thinking that maybe I left it in the in the um, um, uh, the disposable bathroom, the uh, parties, the part. What do you call them again? Porta party, porta party, porta party, porta sand, whatever. Yeah. And so I found it. I found the key. I was able to unlock my bike. I got into a slight accident, running into my homegirl. <laughs> You were being a champ yeah, that yo, day. I'm telling you. So, you know, this day kept going and I'm really fast forwarding and I just, you don't get it. It's so much, so many different chapters in that day. And it, it ended up being where we sat on the rooftop of my building and we watched the sunrise, you know, just listening to some music mm. and just like enjoying the fact that we had this beautiful spring, summer type of day, you know. And for me, if you experience that day with me, then you understand who I am because this is what I carry with me when I get down. You know, it's all these life experiences that I've had, that it's been with either my crew, that it's been when we were in Colorado at the block party and we were in, a, in the parking lot, you, uh, me, the girls, Yo. Kaha, Toyin, Kosi. Kosi. We're just like singing yeah. songs. The, uh, uh, I think Dede was there too. We're just singing songs. We were doing a parking yeah. lot, parking lot karaoke yep. with a bottle of yep. liquor, and we were talking about um, um, racial politics. And um, oh, hold on, hold on. Cozy was going on about oh god damn it, what was her name? What was her name? That soul singer at last, the the woman uh, who sang uh, at last. Etta James. Etta yeah, James. Etta yeah. James. Etta James, yeah. No, that was a beautiful night. I, I remember that night to this yep, day. same. That was so much fun. Same. So see, see I carry that mm. with me. These are the things that I carry with me. So for me, you've lived that, so you, 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 that, you understand that much more who I am, so that means you will understand that much more my dance. Well, speaking of which, um, my final question to you, and this is a question I've asked a couple times on this podcast, and I think people misunderstand what I'm saying. I think they, what they think I'm asking is, um, how do you dance or something like that? But my question to you, imagine yourself stepping out of you. Imagine Nubian Nene and Essence being a whole other different person than who you are. And you're looking at her dance and get down and be who she is my question to you is what do you love most about the way she dances Mm. Mm, that's a beautiful question you have beautiful questions believe it or not i spent some time thinking about this before yeah well it's it sounds like it uh okay can i just give you give me one second so i could just put myself in that place for a second you take all the time you need. Like I said, there's no rush. This is your time. You know, I think I have the perfect answer now. All right. So fire away. Um, I've moved from my old apartment at the end of January and uh, I've moved into this new place uh, the middle of March and ever since I've moved it's been type of confinement time so I've been spending a lot of time in my new room you know which is cool so it gets me like yeah. to really get to know the space but I don't have all of my stuff yet because most of it is still in storage unit um, and mm. so but the only the one thing I do have that my uh, the previous tenant left is a big ass mirror and so mm. in that mirror, I'm, I'm really enjoying it because uh, for the last eight years, I've lived in my uh, other room and my, I had a mirror, but it wasn't a big mirror. And my room was really tiny. And um, yeah. so I danced rarely in front of it. And I had another one in my living room and I danced a little bit in front, uh, in front of that, but I more so... When I got down in my living room is where it was more so just either training and not necessarily needed a, needing a mirror per se, you know, so worked a lot on how it felt and how I could make it feel even better type of thing, if I may say that. Uh, all all, all yeah. of the segue anyway to kind of get into uh, my experience uh, being able to observe myself in the mirror and... Uh, and catching myself really looking at, at me and just really spending that time looking at myself and 
and uh, and, mm. and and absorbing what I see, um, not shying away from what I'm looking at, and not getting comfortable at looking on the floor because you know sometimes when you're in a creative mode. You're just kind of like, all right, let's just say, like, you know, let me just like look at the, like, you're looking at the floor, not because you're looking at the floor. It's just more so like a, I guess, a comfort zone, you know? Uh, and yeah, you're singing my song. Right. And then, so basically, uh, spending the time really observing myself. And then a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was getting down. And um, ever since I've been doing this, I've been smiling a lot at myself, like just, you know, kind of like appreciating what I'm seeing in a sense of like, not necessarily, yes, movement, but also what it fe what I'm feeling inside, like the acceptance of me. Cause you know, we're, for me anyway, it's a constant work to accept you, you know, we're ever, forever changing, we're forever evolving. Uh, and, and so mm. we forever have to kind of accept us at that time you know and and so yeah. just really really appreciating the acceptance of me and uh at one point I was dancing and I looked at myself and I could see myself as you said as you just described it outside of my body really looking at me and really just really smiling and really enjoying what uh she's seeing and what she's seeing is that freedom of being oneself mm. and this is what makes her smile because she's able to see someone freeing herself and being able to creatively tap however she wants to tap it that is beautiful i have to say thank you you finally gave me the answer that I was looking for to that question. Yay. All right. So I, I, I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Um, on that note, I think we've, oh, thank you. We've come to uh, the end of the time here. So if you have anything left in your glass and for anyone listening at home, if you've got any drink left in your glass and you've been hearing this podcast, you know what to do. We're going to do a quick little toast to the end of the world. Toast. Cheers. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. All right. So um, I want to say thank you very much to my wonderful guest, Nubian Nene, for bearing that part of her soul for us. Thank you. Uh, thank you for honor. having me, Rob. It was a pleasure to be on here. Very small podcast. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, uh, this is Rob Celtic signing off. We will endure, we will grow, and we will overcome. God bless. Peace. This episode of Drinking and Dance at the End of the World was written and produced by me, Rob Celtic. Music for this episode was provided by the one and only Feathers. That's F-T-H-R-S. You can find his new album, Floating, on Spotify and Bandcamp under Feathers. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash drinkingandance and donate for early episode releases, bonus episodes, personal shoutouts, and more. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to like, favorite, and follow on Spotify and Anchor. We'll see you next time.